Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Hey, wow, I just won a prize. Free boat ride for three. Whoa, who are you going to take? Me, you, and Scooter. Somali Pirates? Santa Claus? T-Pain. Cool. Out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is Abe. Hola. Out now is a film podcast with Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring a discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films, similar to the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode 124. 124. Not a palindrome. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, we are today discussing Captain Phillips, the new based on the story of Captain Richard Phillips, directed by Paul Greengrass and starring Tom Hanks. And joining us to discuss Captain Phillips, we have, from the Rope of Silicon podcast, Brandon Laramie on Movies, writer for a number of different sites, including Film.com, the man with one red shoe, Laramie Legal. What is happening, fellas? How are you doing? Doing all right. He's got one red shoe? Yeah, he's the man. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. We've got a few announcement stuff here. Actually, I got an email. Get that out. I got to write. I got to read this now. <laughs> this is from uh, Mike Blakemore, loyal listener. He, this is this has almost nothing to do with the show today, but I'm going to read it anyway because we, <laughs> we we like getting emails. And we like delivering on our promise of reading them. Aaron, I just saw your show, the, your episode on Just Seen It, revealing baggage claim, future classic. That's a you need to work on your method of ripping up a ticket with more force. Uh, where you said you didn't get to review Gravity on on Just Seen It. Uh, no, whatever. Also, next time you need to find a way for Abe to pop up, loyal listener like Blakemore. <laughs> Almost no substance in all of that, but thanks, <laughs> thanks Mike, for email. I will shout out Just Seen It though. It always it's always fun to jump onto that show with those guys, and that's on PBS uh, most uh, most weekends, playing in your local PBS station. Um, what else? Uh, iTunes reviews and ratings good to get those helps out the show. Um, but you know, feel if you do give us an iTunes review or rating, we'll enter your name into a raffle. And as soon as we get a whole bunch of names, we'll pull two names from said raffle, and uh, they'll get a two-pack Blu-ray prize. So, you know, iTunes reviews and ratings helps out the show. Nobody loses. Nobody loses. Yeah. Just uh, shipping fees. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> I was thinking about that right now too. I was like, yeah, I guess shipping. That's how you lose, apparently. But the U.S. Post Office wins. There you go. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So let's get to it, everybody. Each week and out now, there and Abe, we try to ask each other a few questions and try to set the tone for the podcast. Better get to know everybody. And I'm going to start this week. Laramie, I have an over under for you. Mm. Here we go. Over under. Tom Hanks has peed, urinated in ten movies. What? Wow. I'm a. I think I'm going to go under still. I can remember like big. I can remember Castaway. Of course, Captain Phillips. What what ones am I missing here? It is it is actually over. Tom Hanks. No. Tom Hanks wow. has peed in eleven films, and here's the list: A League of Their Own, probably the most uh. memorable of peeing scenes. Forrest Gump, The Green Mile, where he had a urinary infection, <laughs> uh, The Road to Perdition, Castaway, Apollo 13, The Money Pit, The Terminal, <laughs> Saving Private Ryan, Splash, Bachelor, and Bachelor Party. Not to mention Captain Phillips, where he even, they, they, they doesn't even do it. He just kind of brings it up as an idea. <laughs> How is this not a YouTube clip? I, <laughs> I, I actually believe there is a YouTube clip. If I can find it, I'll be sure to put it in the show notes. Tom Amazing. Hanks loves peeing in movies. That's that's what I've gleaned from all this. And why wouldn't he? <laughs> why he's a big America's sweetheart, Tom Hanks. Wow, that's a good one. I hadn't I hadn't uh that was that original research on your part? I I I, I was aware that Tom Hanks peed in a lot of movies and I wanted to like find an exact count because I thought about it after watching Captain Phillips, among the other things I thought about. I mean, is that a thing? Like, he puts that in his contract? How weird. I, never, I mean, I, yeah. as much as Denzel Washington makes guarantees, I think Tom Hanks <laughs> likes to be in movies. All right, I'll go Abe. Those guarantees, though. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I'm going to go Abe, and I'm going to go, what is your favorite film that Special Operations Forces appear in? Uh, that's a good question. I'd say Canadian Bacon. <laughs> yeah, pretty good, pretty good. It's like I, I just remember the part where like they're running through Canada, and then one guy's like, "Oh, I, I, I like I hurt my foot," and the guy just shoots him. <laughs> and, you uh, missed out on the uh, rock, but that's okay. That too. <laughs> is uh, is Team America, everyone likes green flares? Is Team America a special operations? I would think so. Yeah, I think they qualify. I put that in there. Put that in there. Uh, yeah, the top ten. <laughs> they get the job done. That's all like, I know. I you're know the- welcome. And then France is just like. What the hell, man? Everything's destroyed. <laughs> that is a good one, Team America. I have a funny story about Team America. I we saw that movie when I was when I was in college. That doesn't really date me. It's not that old. Um, but um, we it was a rainy day. I had to take the we had to take the bus to get to the movie theater because you don't have cars in college. Just walk or get a bus everywhere. And we got in there after the entire Paris sequence happened. We got there when they like oh. they're doing the AIDS the musical sequence, which was also just a funny thing to walk in on into a movie. Um, so it wasn't until like months later when it came out on DVD that we watched it and like, oh, there's this crazy action sequence that happens at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> like we realized we missed, we, we missed something, but we didn't realize how like elaborate this, this entire French action sequence was. <laughs> which starts with amazing, which starts with like that kind of like that terrible crappy puppet set and then it zooms out to like the amazing <laughs> look. <laughs> and the story behind that is they screened it for execs and when that really crappy scene came on. One of the execs shouted out, they screwed us! Like, you know, the budget-wise. It's pretty funny. Because that's something they would do, right? I mean, they would. Good old Trey. They do what they want. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Yeah. Cooler Tom Hanks character dad. Sheriff Woody or Chuck Noland? Chuck Noland is from Castaway. Thank you. I... <laughs> say, say the question again. Who or what? Who uh, who would be a cooler Tom Hanks character dad, Sheriff Woody or Chuck Nolan? Um, 
Well, neither. Trick Nolan's got problems, man. He's neither, got like neither of them gave up though. But see, it seems like Woody's more like at first hand, like ready to go for at ready, ready to help you know get you get you on your way. Chuck Uh-oh. Nolan, Chuck Nolan, more like you know he took some time. He tried to kill himself. You know, a lot of problems in that situation. <laughs> He had the confidence and the know-how, but I probably the tree I'd probably, broke. I probably stick he couldn't with, even hang himself. Probably stick with Woody on that one. Oh, okay, solid, solid answer. Okay, hey, back at you. Yeah. S- say that the Captain Phillips role or something like it was a role required of an actress instead of an actor. What actress do you think has the same sort of level-headedness to play that kind of role? Kate Winslet. She's been on a boat. And she survived Gosh, in the a Atlantic good, a good Ocean. First requirement: she's been on a boat. <laughs> she, she she survived in the freezing Atlantic waters. She did not survive. She was on a plank. Oh yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, she she's semi. She was not immersed in that water. True. Yeah. I mean, her feet were kind of wet, but <laughs> but you know, Kate Winslet. Well, I mean, she also has really good acting chops, and I, I could see her kind of pulling that off. The other answer would be Sigourney Weaver, but I mean, she's Sigourney she's, Weaver. That's a good answer. Yeah, she's like in every awesome female role that that doesn't require her to like show her boobs or anything. All right, another, another key requirement. <laughs> yeah, you know that's that's not a. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Take that as you will. Have a Krispy Kreme. All right, <laughs> Laramie. Go. You're a soccer coach, and True. you want Tom Hanks to be your co-soccer coach. How do you approach him? This is for, like, a, a children's league, 12 and under. Hmm. How do I approach him? Uh, is there a right answer, first off? No, there isn't. But, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's a, you know, is he going to accept your invitation? I mean. I, t- I know what I, exactly what I do. I tell him after every game, he can pee right on the field. <laughs> and that is a slam dunk. It's a slam dunk. Just go, just spray it wherever. Yeah, we don't care. Once the Indian. kids have their... Once they have their orange slices, you're on your way. <laughs> I guess I have one for Aaron then. We sort of hinted at it, but what's your favorite film where someone drives a boat? Favorite film where someone drives a boat. You've got so many to choose from. You've Dude, got Face Perfect, Off, Perfect Storm, Speed Two. Speed Two Cruise Control is a good one. Of course, Titanic's in there. Miami yeah. Vice is probably somewhere in there. <laughs> oh, Battleship! Battleship would definitely be in there. Or you could like you know you could choose a uh, real life examples like the Italian cruise ship captain who went on that lifeboat. No, that's silly. <laughs> um, who drives boats? Let's see. Face Off did come to mind quite quickly, actually. <laughs> um, Seriously, I, just, I was just joking. <laughs> no, because I thought of like epic speedboat chase scenes and face to face. There aren't there many, actually. <laughs> I mean, again, that... again, in The Rock, I think they drive a boat, don't they? That's another rock reference. Do they? Hit do they? I think that they do. They, they go underwater and kind of scuba up to the... Don't they get Sean Connery out there via boat or something? No, they like scuba under. Like, they they they, 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 they jump off a plane to get into the water? Yeah. They're, they're doing something. I, have, uh... have you seen The East? They drive a boat in that? I have seen The East. Yeah, I not, 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 a, not, a, not a memorable, not a memorable uh, boat driving sequence for me. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to think, what else would there be? How about do sub movies count, like submarine movies? Man, are subs a boat? That's a technical question. I'm yeah, not even, uh, I don't know. This I'm is, not a, a seaman. Got deeper, guys. Yeah. Probably go with face off for now. Good choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, they're right. You know what? No, I'll go. You know, I'll go. World is not enough. 
because Pierce Brosnan just takes mm. that boat. He's driving yeah. it all. He drives it underwater. He drives it across land. Like he's doing all kinds of. He adjusts his tie while underwater in the boat. Like there's all. Oh, you could. Or or what's the other? What's the newest Bond? Skyfall. Where, yeah, where you know, like the rudder is like almost gonna kill him and the other dude. Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade is a solid boat driving sequence. Through the mountain, or uh, through through uh, the mountain, through, Venice, through yeah, Venice. I'm thinking of a, uh, I'm thinking of a, uh, Temple of Doom. Through, through Venice <laughs> with a uh, a life raft. <laughs> all right, <laughs> I think we, I think I've sufficiently got over the boat answers for that question, and I think Woo! we're all out of questions. Am I right? I think so. Yeah. So that's how you play. No, everybody. Let's uh, let's move on to no. To, we just didn't know everybody. Let's move on to out no quickies. Tim. Each week and out now, we talk about one main movie, but we always have other movies we've seen during the week, so we like to talk about the segment called Out of Quickies. TM. Got it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, Abe, have you seen any of the movies this week? Negative. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that makes it quicker. Yeah. Laramie, have you seen any other movies this week? I don't think so. There were some limited releases, right? Yeah. Oh, you're talking just any movie, right? Just any movie, yeah. Past couple weeks, maybe. Yeah, I have seen some movies. Let me see what I... Fifth Estate is pretty miserable. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> it's, a, it's not a good movie. <laughs> Kill Your Darlings is pretty miserable. Uh, Blue is Warmest Color I loved. I think that's my favorite movie of the year so far. Good to know. It's not out until October 25th. And then what did I... Let me bring up my little schedule here. See what I saw. Schedule? Oh. Obviously, you yeah. saw Gravity. I did. I saw it twice, actually. Oh. I, I did enjoy it. A rare, a rare double screening for you. Yes, yeah, I saw it at TIFF, and then I saw it at Cinerama here locally. Cinerama is a good location to see a film. All right. Survey says, yes, our last week was pretty. Like I skipped Romeo and Juliet. What's the point, right? Yeah. I'm just. I think I'm just like well, saving myself. Got to be nominee Haley Stanfield in it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's like the only selling point for them in the trailer. Like, can yeah. Haley Stanfield. I think Captain Phillips is it. Yeah, for me too. All right. Well, good thing I saw like four movies this week. Cause I think to say, do it. There you go. I saw Twelve Years a Slave, which we will be doing. Better make it quick, TM. We'll, we'll be doing Twelve Years a Slave in a future episode, so I'm not going to talk too much about that. Besides the fact that you know, see, it that, is a thrill ride. It's a thrill ride. Bring the family. Um, get as much popcorn as you can. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Op- open your mind to potentially not liking slavery. It might might trick you a little bit on this one. Three D three D required on that one. Yep. IMAX. <laughs> IMAX. There you go. <laughs> Um, let's see. Okay. I saw IMAX enough, I, 3D. I finally saw enough, here first, folks. I finally saw Enough Said, um, the James Gandolfini, Julia Louise Dreyfus romantic comedy, which oh. is fine. It's a fine movie. I I was excited to see it just because I wanted to. And it's it's fine for what it is. It's um doesn't have much else going on besides just kind of white people problems with uh, people dealing with a relationship. But uh, you know, they're good actors and they do good work in the movie. I saw Escape from Tomorrow. This is the the film that was secretly filmed inside of Disneyland. Uh, it is this kind of absurdist paranoia thriller that happens to be set in the happiest place on earth. And um, it's a weird movie. I haven't really written anything about it yet just because I'm try- still trying to kind of form what my thoughts are. But it's a, it's a neat watch, I guess. Well, yeah, it's on demand now, I think. I saw it in a theater because it was close to me, so why not? And um, let's see. Lastly, I saw Machete Kills. <laughs> it's um, it, it's it's awesome. 
if you, I don't even know if you like the first Machete, you'd like this movie. Like, I thought the first Machete was, you know, fine for what it was. It was just way too long and had too much plot and characters. This one just has even more plot and more characters. And it just kind of, it's diminishing returns for what was, you know, a two-minute trailer in the Grindhouse movie. But, uh, I don't even notice it. Like, I can't say, like, if you like the first one, see this one. Just, you know, if you if you, if you you really have nothing else to do and you're at the theater, I guess Machete, or just see Gravity again. That's what I'd kind of lean towards, but. I don't know. I, for some reason, I wrote about 1,500 words on Machete Kills. So read that review and see. So see. you were not pleased. I had a lot to say about it, though. So. <laughs> Noted. I got it all out there. So there you go. All right. Let's, <laughs> that was out, no quickies. Tia? Let's go to movie trailer talk. For each week, we talk about some of the newest movie trailers and uh, what's going on with those. And we've got a couple here. The first one we have is for Monuments Men. This is the new film from, from co-writer-director George Clooney. Uh, which is about a group of art historians and museum curators uniting to take back a lot of art stolen by the Nazis before it gets destroyed during World War II time, not just, you know, because random Nazi rallies <laughs> current times. Uh, the film has George Clooney, Matt Damon, Kate Blanchett, Bill Murray, John Goodman, John Giovardine, Bob Palaban. And just, yeah, that's a, lot, that's a lot of people in that cast. But with all that said, Laramie, what do you think of the trailer for Monuments Men? I think I'm just like so charmed by the people involved that I'm I'm going to like it no matter what. So I enjoyed the trailer. You know, I like Bill Murray pretty much anything he's in at this point. I will happily go off to the theater and see. Um, it's interesting to to figure what the tone will be in this film. It seems to be Ocean's 13 meets Saving Private Ryan, which is sort of a odd vibe, but that was the vibe I was getting from it. So I think it could be pretty good and I like the trailer. Abe? I definitely liked the first trailer. Um, they didn't have to show me the new second trailer uh, for me to be on board. Uh, and then I was thinking, like, oh, I hope this is directed by George Clooney, and it is. Uh, so I'm excited. I, the second trailer kind of gives you a better feel for how serious the tone is and, I guess, uh, what they're trying to do. And also the characters. I was wondering, why would they let you know John Goodman and like, this 60-something-year-old Bill Murray like, enlist in the Army? It's like, well, it's because they actually have different vocations outside of the military that make them you know unique for this mission so I, i'm basically on board yeah i agree i didn't i haven't watched the other trailer yet i've watched just the first one just because i keep seeing it in theaters but i mean i'm not i'm not seeking out the second trailer just because i was already convinced i'm like i'm good yeah it looks looks fun i I'm, i am curious as well as how heavy on the dramatic side it's going to lean because you're basically just getting the more kind of cool heist movie vibe that happens to be said in world war Two. so you know i'll curious but uh, for the most part yeah i'm just excited to see a new movie with this cast uh monuments men hits december 18th and theaters i'd imagine everywhere uh, probably spread wider for there of course too uh, during that whole everything's coming out that time so there you go uh the next trailer we have is for the book thief this is a film based off a based off a novel a very popular best-selling novel uh, I'll just read the I'll read this convenient IMDb description of the plot here. While subjected to the horrors of World War II Germany, young Lysel finds solace by stealing books and sharing them with others under the stairs in her home, a Jewish refugee being sheltered by her adoptive parents. Sounds just as charming as the Monuments Man. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, boy, what do you think about this trailer? Uh, I, I was actually recently given this book for my birthday not too long ago, and... To be honest, I wasn't actually fully on board with the trailer. It didn't look as interesting as perhaps, say, another movie about 
a Nazi film coming out that we just talked about two seconds ago. Um, so I hope that it's good because I think that its heart is in the right place. And I also think that the book is, I've heard that the book is really uh, a nice work of, I don't know, fiction, nonfiction fact. I don't know. But um, I hope that it does well, even if it does look like it is not the strongest film coming out this winter holiday season. Larry? I think it's a good trailer. I don't think it's a trailer for the book I read, which was more dour. This, to me, the book has a lot of lovely bones in it, not in terms of the story, but in terms of the tone of the content, which is just overall melancholy. Mm-hmm. Whereas the trailer seems to be shooting for that Oscar overture, overcome all odds sort of vibe. And that, that really wasn't the book to me. It was sort of a small rebellion, not a, not a big one. So I would say, like Ender's Game, it looks like an interesting movie, just not a movie based on the book. Is the book based off a true story, or is it just a fiction? No, it's yeah. fiction. So that's what it looks yeah. like. Okay. That's what I'm looking at. Um, Lovely Bones is a good call, actually. And I, I would like to think you're not a fan of that movie because it's not a good movie. Is that am I accurate in saying that? The, you you the nailed film, it. The film adaptation, yeah. Because uh, I did like the book quite a bit, and I was severely disappointed by the movie. Um, but with that said, yeah, I I see what you're saying with that call, and I agree with you. But I and I do think that the while not having read the book thief the trailer for this film makes it yeah it does kind of it seems like it's hitting a kind of a checklist of oscary type things you'd see in this kind of movie and it, yeah it kind of sways me a bit like I, i'm not sure if i mean i'll see it because i mean that's kind of where i'm at right now <laughs> but like it's it's not one that like got me super excited for for this movie despite the content going on and what what i know it is about and everything so well Let's see. That said, who's who's in this movie? You got uh, Jeffrey Rush and uh, what's her name, Emily Watson. So yeah, I like I like both of those actors. Strong cast, yeah. And um, I, I do need another feel good movie because Free Birds isn't just gonna cut it. So well. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna say Thanksgiving. We'll see how that goes. It comes out November eighth, so I mean I'll be able to see that and Thor two still Thor at the same time, and hopefully just be just wallowing in, in happiness, I guess. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. November 8th, The Book Thief. Fans of the book, maybe see it. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right. So, that out of the way. Yeah, speaking of happy times, we can finally get to our trailer for and our main review for Captain Phillips. We have a potential piracy situation. Copy, Alabama. You should alert your crew. Get your fire hoses ready. Chances are it's just fishermen. They're not here to fish. Listen up. We have been boarded by armed pirates. Stay hidden at all costs. Don't want any hostages. We will follow the procedures to lock down, go dead in the water, and wait for help. Stick together. It will be all right. That should have been some of the trailer for Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips is the latest film from director Paul Greengrass, who has jumped around in projects, balancing kind of true-life dramatic thrillers with more action-heavy thrillers. Uh, with Captain Phillips, Greengrass has opted to portray the true life story of an American container ship that was hijacked by pirates. Tom Hanks stars as Captain Richard Phillips, who had to deal with these pirates firsthand, leading to a series of intense situations for all involved. Laramie, did the captain make it happen for you? <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, the grass is greener. No, I thought it was. Uh, thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was tense. Uh, maybe maybe a smidge too long. 
and maybe a smidge not totally clear what it was trying to say. I mean, maybe it was just trying to tell a true story, I guess. Maybe it was not trying to say anything. But, um, and I didn't totally get the logistics of certain scenes um, without spoiling anything. I'll just leave it at that. Some of them didn't seem super logical, and I don't know how they went down in real life, so just just calling that. Uh, so overall, I think a pretty good viewing experience, and I, I did like Hanks in it, and I thought all the pirates are pretty solid too. So uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was uh, pretty well made as well. Um, I, I didn't so much have a problem with its length. I actually was kind of surprised when I looked at the clock afterward. Um, but for the most part, I did like the Somali Pirates a little bit more just because their characters are developed. Uh, I, T- Tom Hanks is great in it, as always. And he especially gives a, a moving performance right at the, the end there, uh, which is a super long sequence, uh, in my opinion. And I think that it kind of just helps with the emotional impact of it. But for the most part, I do agree with Larry that it's a story that is basically what you read in the papers. It's not really anything that's, you know, delving deeper into whatever else that it needs to. And does it need to do that? No, it doesn't need to be like a Zero Dark Thirty. But, you know, it kind of is what it is. And I do appreciate that Paul Greengrass kind of kept the steady cam to a minimum in this film. Um, or, I'm sorry, not steady, shaky cam. And, uh, for the most part, I think that uh, it was a pretty solid movie. I don't know if it's going to be like you know a, a great movie in my in my book at the end of the year, but uh, it's it's pretty good. I I really enjoyed the movie. I would agree that it um it's not it's not one that's trying to it doesn't seem like it's trying to do anything more than just tell this story that happened in the way that it does to make it work for you know a film, which I think it does. I think it does hit kind of while while serving as kind of a a just the facts man kind of story it does kind of tell those facts in an intense and compelling way that kept me going throughout the film and at the same time yeah i agree with abe i didn't have a problem with the runtime i was actually surprised that it was two hours and like 15 like yeah it's over two hours with even without 134 minutes yeah which because i saw machete kills immediately after captain phillips that movie whatever (laughs) reason is an hour and 47 minutes I do not need to know why it's an hour and forty-seven. Like it's just, it could have been eighty and done, but no, it just that felt like that felt like a jog, like a really long jog to get through. While Captain Phillips, I was just I was so caught up in it that I was just like it just kind of flew by for me. Um, I yeah, Tom Hanks is he's very good in this movie. Four pirates. On board, four pirates coming towards us down the main deck. Lock down the bridge. Yeah. Listen up. We have been boarded by four armed pirates. You know the drill. We stay hidden no matter what. I don't want any hostages. We stay locked down until help arrives. No one comes out until you hear the non-duress password from me, which is supper time. If the pirates find you, remember, you know the ship, they don't. Make them feel like they're in charge, but keep them away from the important things like the generator and the engine controls. Stick together, and we'll be all right. Good luck. I wouldn't say I was necessarily impressed of how good he was in this movie, but he did kind of, he did, it fits into movies that Tom Hanks can do well, but he did that really well, if that makes any sense. <laughs> like it, 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 he's just, he's good at being Tom Hanks in these kind of roles and it, it 
very much benefits a movie like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree that also that the pirates are quite good, but particularly um, the the kind of lead pirate character uh, Muse Muse Muse. Uh, we'll just call him Muse. Muse by played by Barkhad Abdi. He was um, he and he and Tom Hanks had this kind of they shared chemistry, which which worked in this movie. I mean, it's obviously kind of opposition because they're you know, at, at odds of each other to an extent. But I liked how that kind of how that relationship, however you want to call it, played out in the film. Now come and, too far. <laughs> Uh, I've got to keep going. <laughs> my maybe Somali. in America. Maybe in America. <laughs> I guess my Somali accent needs work. A little bit. <laughs> it was perfect for me, man. <laughs> One out of two. That's not bad. <laughs> I, I do. I do. I, I admire what Greengrass did with his kind of. I like. I like. I realized this the other day. I liked every Paul Greengrass movie uh, up from Bloody Sunday up. Uh, Bloody Sunday, the Bourne films. United you don't Nations. like Green Zone. I like Green Zone. That oh, was, come on. I do. I'm one of the few people that <laughs> like Green Zone, apparently. I don't know why it was such a mixed bag, but I like Green Zone. Ugh. Like, it's not one that I've like gone back. I can't wait to see it again. But at the time, I really like Green Zone. I don't... You are wrong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> one of the weird things about the film that uh, I kind of didn't like is how it starts off in like these ominous tones of like, Oh, hey, I'll have a conversation with my wife, and then, like, oh, I'll see you later, and, you know, these doors aren't locked, and we better run a security check. That kind of stuff kind of just makes me feel as though it's a procedural, like, you know, ominous, bad tone film, and I kind of, I could have done with that, because I knew ultimately where the story was going to end up, but I was tense throughout, um, but obviously, you know, I already know how the story's going to end, and same thing with Zero Dark Thirty, but at the same time, there was a lot of intrigue with that film, about what was going on really behind the scenes, how they were going to do the, uh, execute whatever missions. And... Zero Dark Thirty has such a kind of an all-encompassing look at right. like, a and scenario. It's, it's, it's basically unfair to compare them, actually, because it's like, you know, like, this is such a deep thing, and this one is like, uh, you know, we're just trying to, like, save this dude, which is not... It's a serious tone and a serious topic, but, you know. You bring up Zero Dark Thirty, it makes me think about the kind of the, the way the SEALs are used, the, the SEAL Team 6 is used in this film, and it in, in zero, I keep calling back to Zero Dark Thirty, but in Zero Dark Thirty, it feels kind of like they're they're there to accomplish something, and you're along for that kind of ride, and you want to kind of see that play through. In this film, they when the seals are brought in, it feels more like a kind of be all end all to a to a scenario, and it's not it's not that you want the pirates to win, but you kind of like. Well, they're screwed now, and that that's that sucks. Like, they've 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 exhausted any other option, so here comes this kind of this 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 brick wall that's going to stop you in your tracks, and that's got it. It was neat to see them framed in that kind of sense, where of course they're doing a job and it's, they're doing it effectively, but it's like they're. If there was a point, it was the gap in technology between the two cultures. I mean, it was like here's three giant warships parked off a little lifeboat with three guys with guns. You know, it was just like. Clearly, one side is advantaged in this. The thing I did a little more research on that I didn't realize is that the Somalis did have a somewhat positive expectation of things working out because they'd always worked out before. Mm-hmm. Um, so there really wasn't any reason for them to think the military intervention would change the game too much in terms of what they were trying to accomplish uh, vis-a-vis ransom and, and you know what everybody else was going to do. Because they'd, they'd always gotten paid off before. So Right. Especially by those... Uh... Those Greek guys, I mean, those Greek guys really caved. The Chinese, I guess, had paid huge amounts of ransoms, too, and they just never report it. You know? Yeah. But what was interesting about that is, like, uh, yeah, you're, you're right about the expectations, and that's par- partially why I like the 
the development of these Somali characters, these Somali pirates, is primarily because you do get a sense of, hey, look, man, I got stuff to do. I got bills to pay. I got warlords breathing down my neck. And this is something that I have to do. I'm not choosing to do it, but I don't have anything else that I can do. And maybe one day I'll be happy and I'll go to America and go to New York and buy a car. But for now, man, this is the reality. I have to do this. There's no way that I can turn around and, and go back and you know give myself up. Cause it's, I, it's even crazier than that because one of my uh, older brothers is in the Navy. And uh-huh. he said one of the things they'll do is drive them out there with a boat and leave them. And they can't get back unless they capture a ship. It's like life or death, them capturing. Yeah. I mean, so that's kind of a rough deal, man, when they just leave you out <laughs> 500 miles in the ocean. Like, good luck. You know, it's, not, it's not a good deal. But I think when, when you see the movie, my instant reaction was, well, these guys just give up. They're done. Like, I, this is insane. But in their minds, again, they, you know, in real life, they didn't think it was so crazy, which makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about the two halves? So I, I was actually pretty much on board when they're when they're heisting the big tanker ship, and then I was kind of like not so much bored with the second half of uh, you know when they're in the the life uh, boat, but it just it kind of became you know I don't know I guess uh, it, the second half felt very inevitable, didn't it? <laughs> yes, in- <laughs> yeah. in- in- inevitable. Say uh, that one more time. Inevitable. inevitable. <laughs> I it, it felt like okay, we we know where this is going. I think. <laughs> I mean, I will say that I go, I went in. I know I knew the the outcome of the situation, but I didn't I didn't know the details. And at the at the point of going into this movie, I just decided not to read all the details ahead of time, just because I felt like I'd rather just be surprised and read it after the fact and just kind of see where things stood. So with that in mind, like despite knowing like what the eventual outcome was going to be i was in tr- I, I i can't say i would separate them either way in terms of how i was reacting to the movie i was kind of i was i was into it the whole time i wouldn't say i was more bored by one half i was i was quite tense throughout the entire movie mm-hmm. i was going to ask you guys what percentage of people you think knew this story that's it i i'd say like a, a solid 70 something percent of the nation maybe i don't know so- it was a big news story, but how many people actually pay attention to the news? It's hard for me to judge anymore. It's true. I, yeah, and I, and how many people pay attention to, like, you know, kind of read more in depth opposed to just knowing, oh, that's that Captain Phillips that survived that thing. Like, it's that's where it comes down to because I'm one of those people. I just like, that's Captain Phillips that survived that thing. I may have known a little more than w- what I guess the, the quotations ad- average person may, but I mean, it's right. again, it's not something I like did. I didn't, I didn't read up entirely on it ahead of time just to know it, so it's. I know what was I, your estimate, Laramie? I mean, I would say sixty percent, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I, I I wanted to ask people who were seeing it, like, but everyone I've talked to in our industry, of course, knows it because we're pretty much on the internet all day long and know stuff. But yeah. it, it certainly can read as different when you have a film like this that took place what two thousand nine, so only a few years ago, versus something like I don't know Apollo thirteen, which is happening, you know, in this what the the 70s um and you might know the outcome of that event but you know when that movie came out it's not like the internet would have a handy wikipedia guide for you to look up the all the information you needed on that or right have all every detail you needed so it's yeah it's certainly a different kind of day and age where you can access the info to these true life stories and know the plots ahead of time but i i think that comes with kind of the script by Billy Ray and Paul Greengrass's direction to make you to you know give you a 
and Tom and their performances um, just give you give you a film that you can watch that's tense or entertaining or easy to or just watchable in any way despite knowing certain despite knowing where the plots are going to end up. All right. You know, it's a, it's interesting that you brought up that you didn't read anything afterward or before. Did you read anything afterward? Because yeah, I, I certainly did, and I was very surprised to learn some of these details um, about the you know about it wasn't like a clean shoot. It you know was, there are, uh, there are accusations that you know the, the seals had to do multiple shoots um, or not like film shoots, but you know they had to kill these guys like a, a few times, uh, and also like you know. Captain Phillips was a, an idiot, and he didn't listen to like protocol and whatever else. So there's been a there's been a lot of dispute, and uh, it's interesting that they don't show in the film. It's interesting that they don't make Captain Phillips as like a lone warrior survivor kind of dude. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, I'm, I'm being held hostage on this ship, and well, I'm not, gonna kill everybody. It's not under siege. Like, it's, like it's, it's it's not it's not right. Gaul being the cook that could. Like it's. <laughs> That's what the tagline should have been. The cook. He the uses, cook. yeah. He doesn't he fight with like his chef apron on one time. Yeah, he does, yeah he's undersea. He's, he's Steven Seagal. He can do anything he wants, um, right. and then make dessert. He, uh, yeah. So I was interesting, or I was interested just to learn about that stuff. I mean, did did you guys do any research afterward? Yeah, I definitely did. Um, I mean, a lot of the points of contention. There's a line in the movie where he's like, "It doesn't matter where we're at. You know, there's pirates in every direction." And it's like, really? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's sort of that's sort of a weird line to me. Um, and yeah, I guess I just mostly did research on the other side of it. I, the one part I again was not aware of was that when the Somali government fell, I guess it was in the mid '90s. I may be wrong, but when it fell, the they lost basically the sovereignty over their fishing waters. And so I guess the Asian communities came in and just decimated their fishing population, which is why the general public turned to pirating because there was no industry left, which is there's one throwaway line in there where he goes, you know, there's no more fish left for us. And that is another big reason for this piracy. Again, it's an economic decision, not a moral one in most cases. Just business. Yep. So, I mean, I I had no idea that, that that had happened. So that was another kind of wrinkle interesting tidbit I, I didn't know that and I, I did I definitely paid attention to that line in the film too where he's like yeah man like you know what are we gonna fish there's nothing left you guys took it all and I was like oh I guess that there is something uh, deeper to these guys is like psyche about why they're doing this but well, it's neat yeah to, it's neat to see how kind of in the know they are on these kind on like hijacking scenarios where they repeat things like we're not al-qaeda and they're saying it's just business it's like a they're certainly conscious of what you know the this kind of group what, what this kind of group would could think is going on, and they want to point out that that's not the it's just they're 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 doing this for money and not for any other reason. And it, I be I'm curious like how much research was able to be done with like who these pirates were, um, and how much dramatic license. I mean, obviously a lot of dramatic license was taken. Just you know that's how you get right. to make a film out of this. But like I I'm, I'm curious if I I wouldn't think they, I mean. There is there is a won't well, spoil everything. There is a pirate that does survive, and I'm curious if they were able to like get information from him in some way, or if he's just you know straight up in prison and that's not a that's not happening at all, or if they just completely made up like, everything involving these characters. Or, besides, well, I mean, to be fair, you don't really it. get a sense of the the guys you know their personal lives. I don't think. I mean, not, yeah, of course see, not. Like, you get kind of some opening shots of right. 
there are just a few of them, and then yeah. obviously it's just kind of going more on what Captain Phillips would have to say about this, I guess, mm-hmm. in terms of which one was which, which one's the erratic one, which one's the reasonable one, which one's the... It's a... Well, I mean, that part actually was cool in the film. Like, basically when they get cabin fever inside this little lifeboat, and uh, they're starting to sort of turn on each other, and I thought that was that was interesting, just because, again, you revealed more of the characters of these... Uh, pirate hostage taking dudes i i trying to use the what is the term for a person who takes a hostage a hijacker a hijacker there you go yeah sure a hostage taker yeah a pirate <laughs> I, think it's... I think a pirate seems like the best of <laughs> maybe kidnapper oh uh, yeah kidnapper yeah i think hijacker is usually material goods yeah not I, people. I, I think pirates pretty all encompassing for this. Pirates, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What these pirates are doing, yeah. So I, I, I definitely enjoyed that tension on the boat and um, uh, I on the little lifeboat. So and they're, all, they're all teenagers, which is another. I mean, they're all you know. Are they? Yeah, they're all yeah. like between sixteen oh. and twenty at the time this happened. I mean, it's oh, they're it, really young. Yeah. Yeah, and it makes which makes it sad. Yes, but also kind of it gives you a kind of an enhanced feeling of what they're what they're going through i mean they're they're still in this weird state where like they don't know what's going to happen to them in life like and so and it's i didn't realize that i because they basically make reference to one of the characters being like 15 16 but the other guys i thought they were like you know, you know all, late all, 20s or something like that all, all of them were teenagers oh wow. if if not like 20 at the oldest like it's right. hmm. what do you guys think of the score in the film I like the score. It's Henry Jackman, I believe, actually, which is surprising because Henry Jackman usually does does a little more broader. I think it. What I what I liked about it is that it, much like the movie, it doesn't play up melodrama too much. It doesn't kind of feel right. sweeping in any way. It just feels more much like the film is just kind of procedural. It just kind of fits what it's doing. That's mm-hmm. what I took away from it. Yeah, I don't usually notice scores. So I again, I don't. I couldn't comment one or the other on this one. I'm the worst. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst hijacker we have. <laughs> Did you have thoughts, Abe? No, definitely. I, I, I do agree with you. That it didn't really swell uh, as much. Um, I did like it. Uh, is it memorable? Maybe not as much, but it is one of the more memorable ones from this this fall so far. I just, um, I just don't think it has like a, you know, a, there's not like a theme or anything that goes with it. I just think it's it just kind of had something appropriate to go along with this movie. That's yeah. Cool. I mean, it certainly is no rush, which is the score that's in my head, you know, more often this fall. Um, but the, I forget what film that I was talking about where they basically played the score up a lot. Uh, during, Prisoners, like, I would imagine. Prisoners, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's uh, that's the one that I was talking about in our, in our review. I was like, dude, why are they doing this? Like, there's no need for you like to, to play it up because the film is already very serious. Um, well, and that well, that and the thing with Prisoners is that is more, it is more procedural and where it's it's less procedural. It's more it has more of that kind of melodrama stacked on top of the procedural aspects. And I think this movie. To its to Captain Phillips to its credit, it kind of strips away a lot of it. Like the most, the only kind of clunkier exposition scenes are ones at right at the beginning that kind of get stuff out of the way. Just like, hey, here's Captain Phillips. He has a family. This is stuff about him you should know. Moving mm-hmm. on. Like that's kind of the only place it really hits the, those beats. <laughs> Did you guys also get a sense that maybe Captain Phillips was kind of a it's kind of a hard ass, huh? It's like you guys don't with your coffee yet. He's captain of a giant container ship. <laughs> yeah. Not easy. To, can't just take it lightly. <laughs> Yeah, what do you guys think about like the union throwaway line? It's like, hey, I, I, you know, I, I want to fight, but I'm in a union here. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a solid line. That's something. <laughs> I, yeah, that's how he said it. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's something I did read up on after the film, and I think that 
if anything, kind of served as a as a throwaway way to kind of address the fact that some people did some people on the ship did not approve of the act of the actions that Captain Phillips took. And, uh, yeah, that's the that was I guess some of the information that came out after. But you're always going to get that right with like exactly yeah with that kind of thing. There's going to be 400 opinions. Like who who the hell knows what happened during that thing? So I think they did their best. You know, any true story is going to have so many different points of view that. I can't really begrudge him. I just can't wait for the book Union Jack, a story of a man who was on the <laughs> ship that was hijacked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Best. International bestseller within three days, especially in Somalia. Ensign Bob. <laughs> Ensign Bob. Uh, he, sing- he sings in Portuguese David Bowie cover songs. I do like that Captain Phillips left itself open for a sequel. That is nice. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> the revenge. There's enough-, there's enough loose ends in place, so we'll see where that goes. <laughs> Oh, that's good. It's uh, interesting also that they didn't bring up the, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't exactly sure what the order was, um, and so that's the only part that kind of confused me. I thought that I was going to get some more feedback about, well, why is it greenlit for them, for the Navy SEALs to come in and really just take these guys out? Um, you know, why is it so important that they don't get back to Somalia, et cetera, et cetera, which is the kind of hint at, which is, you know, hey, this is one of like the biggest, baddest warlords in Somalia, so let's not, let's not let them get, uh, you know, a single uh, captor. Yeah, that's uh, that's not that's not an un, that's not an unfair point to make. That's good, but it's you know it comes down to this movie's called Captain Phillips and it's already two and a half or almost it's two hours and thirty four minutes or two mm-hmm. sorry one hundred and thirty four minutes. So it's like how much information do we really need to know versus what are we taking away from the core story, which is called Captain Phillips? And again, true. I agree with your points because yeah, you could always be more clear in certain things to allow an audience to understand the situation, but. It's a movie that it's that, <laughs> already long. Yeah. 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 Mm. Okay. All right. Well, I, we've sufficiently talked about Captain Phillips. Let's get to our rating. Each week and out there and eight, we have a rating scale based on when you should go and see the movie. And uh, our scale goes from IMAX to theater, dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV. You just kind of forget about it. On uh, on that scale, Laramie, where would you put Captain Phillips? I'd say theater. It was a good. I don't. I mean, some of the shots are pretty nice, but I don't know if it justifies a full-on IMAX. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that this was PG-13, by the way. I, not that it like, not that it was seemed crazy violent or had like excessive language, and you know all the nudity I didn't mind. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the Tom Hanks. I yeah. kind of just like automatically assumed that it was R for some reason. And, Me too, actually. And it did. I mean, I don't think. It, I think anyone that wants to see Captain Phillips is going to see it, regardless of the rating. But it did surprise me when I locked, when I came back and like just discovered it's PG thirteen and I was like, oh, there's there's a lot of blood in that last scene. <laughs> That's so surprising. Yeah. Extended period of time, man. Abe, uh, I'd say Dollar Theater, and that's uh, just because you know you you don't have to like rush out and see it right away. I'd say theater as well. I thought I thought it was a very solid movie. I really think I really think Tom Hanks is very good in this movie. Is and as well as the the main actor played Bar- Barkad Ad Adbi playing the pirate, and I just think it's a well constructed film. So I thought, yeah worth the theater uh, hey question for you guys before we move on uh if you guys saw this in a regular theater without your screener passes did you guys get a sense of the demographic that was in there like the age demographic i saw it in a regular screening and um it was certainly older that was the me too i don't uh, think like... i noticed any difference so okay yeah i remember like 50 60 year olds that were seeing this like a lot of them yeah that's kind of what i expected for this kind of movie okay Everyone else is out seeing Machete Kills, of course, and <laughs> we're lining up for Freebirds. I think that's the. Uh... I don't know why I'm being something to Freebirds. I don't know why. <laughs> like, they're lining up really early for Freebirds. 
They're going to be dead by the time they see it. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> let's move on here. Let's get to movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. Uh, I mentioned some movies that relate in some way to the main feature of the week. And uh, Abe, any, uh, any callbacks? Uh, besides Zero Rack 30, there was a sense of home alone. Um, especially <laughs> yeah, like, what's it? When he's taking him throughout the ship, and then like some guy steps on some broken glass. Oh, yeah. That's Marv. <laughs> I didn't even think of I'm that. I'm going to kill that kid! Reasons why I'm not a huge Home Alone fan, the, the amount of pain involved in the traps that Macaulay Culkin sets up for people to walk into. <laughs> uh, Laramie, any uh, callbacks? Yeah, I don't think I had anything besides Zero Dark Thirty. It's kind of a, a strange one in terms of piracy and true story. It's not, not real common. Yeah, um... Zero Dark Thirty, obviously. I, I, I did mention Apollo Thirteen, and that's because it kind of came to mind. I was just trying to think of other kind of, kind of these kind of procedural thriller type movies that you know set into based on circumstances. Uh, United Ninety Three also came to mind. Just because uh-huh. Apollo Greengrass movie is a movie that I think is quite good, but it's also one I just won't watch again. And is, that topic kind of bugs me, so it's 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 a hard one to kind of to like want to glean more onto. Still haven't seen World Trade Center. That Oliver Stone. I, yeah, I, I kind of don't want to see it. <laughs> I've seen it. It's a little more. Is that the word? Too many it's... fields. It's a, yeah, it's just a little more archy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, let's get to our uh, our Audible plug here. Um, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com/slash/outnowpodcast. They're over. 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 device. For you, the listeners about now with Aaron and Abe, Audible is offering a free audiobook download for three free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Today's book I have, very fitting, it is called A Captain's Duty, Somali Pirates, Navy Seals, and Dangerous Days at Sea. This is, of course, the story that has been adapted into the film Captain Phillips, and it's based off the true story of Captain Richard Phillips. You could uh, hear that as in audiobook form and, you know, say you see how... Uh, See how Phillips lays it down in words spoken to you. Yeah. Read by Tom Hanks? Not read by Tom Not uh. yet. <laughs> um, anyway, you can download your free audiobook today. You can go to Audible. You can go to audibletrial.com. It's out now podcast. You can download the book. You can listen to that or any of the other books you find. You can keep that book forever. You don't have to keep your Audible service, though. You can cancel it if you want to, or you can just stick with it. Either way, we get the credit if you go to audibletrial.com. It's out now podcast. So there you go. Okay. All right. Still a lot of feedback, Abe. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is, we got a lot of feedback this week, of course, because people like sending us uh, answers on the old Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast and twitter.com slash underscore podcast. We asked a lot of questions, and the listeners gave us some answers, so here we go. We're going to read some of these here, and uh, Laramie, if you have any answers for these questions we asked, you can feel free to shout out, too. Will do. Okay. <laughs> is there a favorite True story-based thriller where you knew the outcome, but were caught up in the thrills of it anyway. And um, let's see, April has Argo. Jose, friend of the show, has Zero Dark Thirty. Mike has The Fugitive. Mary has United 93. Izzy has Alpha Dog. Just pausing on that one for a second. Philip has Black Hawk Down. Jason, for some reason, wrote Anchorman as the story of my, li- my life story. <laughs> Uh, Joe, Joe Jans has Titanic and Scott Mendelson, friend of the show, 
He has the he agrees opening of Titanic about halfway through the movie. We get that five minute sequence when the ship spots the iceberg and when they actually strike the iceberg after the collision. My friend whispers to me, I feel like an idiot, but I was actually thinking, I hope that they don't hit the iceberg. It was at that moment I knew Titanic was going to be a pretty big hit. I think for me, Perfect Storm. I mean, I'd read the book, but you're still like, you're still like, I think they can get out of this. Yeah, I remember reading that book, too, and I was like, oh, I'm sad. Mm-hmm. I still remember what they said about one of the Parajumper guys. It's like, dude, that guy can survive in water for, like, a week, and he can just eat one granola bar. It's like, it was really sad when he had that, had that surreal dream. Anyway. Yeah, none of them had good vibrations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then uh, we asked, uh, so what is everyone's favorite Tom Hanks film or performance? Uh, friend of the show, Mark Johnson, writes Philadelphia. Uh, Patrick writes Big. April writes, because I haven't seen the latest yet, I'm going to say Philadelphia. Uh, Robert James writes, uh, Big, Forrest Gump, Philadelphia, Saving Private Ryan, Sleepless in Seattle. He is the Spencer Tracy of my generation. Mike writes, Polar Express, my son loves it too. Uh, Tammy writes, A League of Their Own. Uh, Joe writes, Joe versus the Volcano, how appropriate for his own name. Good choice. Yeah. Uh, Scott writes, Saving Private Ryan or Punchline. (laughs) Uh, Rebecca writes Woody, as in Woody from Toy Story. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. He plays Woody in every role, Aaron. Come I thought on. it was Woody from, um, you know. American Hustle. Why? <laughs> what? <laughs> this is the first movie that came to mind. <laughs> a movie that's not a Tom Hanks movie. Good job. Okay, go on. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron uh, writes Forrest Gump, a League of Their Own, is second. Uh, Amanda writes Forrest Gump, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Uh, Philip writes Road to Perdition. John writes Forrest, Forrest Gump. Uh, I guess he meant to say Forrest, Forrest Gump. Uh, and Mary writes Philadelphia. And Jason writes Forrest Gump. So as you see, there's a lot of Forrest Gump and a lot, a lot of Gump love. A lot of, yeah. a lot of Philadelphia love early on, too. Right, yeah. And next up, we have favorite pirate movie, which got way more diversity than I was expecting, and I'm very happy <laughs> with that. Uh, Mike, Mike has The Goonies. April 2nd's The Goonies. Jenna has the original Pirates of the Caribbean. Robert has... Um, Captain Blood, The Seahawk, and Crimson Pirate. Mark Hoban, friend of the show, writes the pirate movie. Kidding, it would have been it would have to be Captain Blood with Errol Flynn. William has Princess Bride. Um, let's see. Philip has Sci-Fi's 2012 adaptation of Treasure Island. Uh, and J- Jason has the Jack Sparrow music video from The Lonely Island <laughs> with Michael Bolton. <laughs> that one is great. Uh, it's a good one. He's a cinephile, man. He's a cinephile. Right, and then we asked, uh, who do you consider to be the current most likable actor or actress? Which is an appropriate film because Tom Hanks is basically, you know, a uh, national treasure. America's sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> April writes Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, Ryan uh, writes Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Mike writes Andrew Lincoln. Yeah. Marjorie, uh, Margie writes Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Jiggles. Yeah, Jiggles. Yeah. Michelle writes Jiggles, hands down. Couldn't agree more. She actually wrote JGL. Um, Bob writes Paul Rudd yeah Mary writes Hugh Jackman yeah and Jason writes Brian Cranston yeah I would have yeah I would have said Hugh I was surprised there wasn't more Hugh Jackman to love I would have probably said just today like Hugh Jackman's probably the most likable actor there is like out there <laughs> regardless of the movie triple like, threat triple he just, threat he just seems like he's everywhere and he's always you know you never see him not smiling unless he's you know prisoners apparently <laughs> I don't think he cracks a smile once in that movie. No, no it's, just... it's very deep and dark. Uh, so now we got questions for us. We asked uh, 
the listeners if they had any questions for us, and so now we can all participate in these ones. Um, Bob has, how do you feel about spoilers? Actively avoiding them at all costs or not bothered by not knowing the plot going in? I'm in the latter. Much rather avoid trailers. Uh, that's what Bob writes. Uh, Laramie, thoughts on spoilers? I think I try and avoid them, but yeah. I, in general, I don't want to know stuff. If I can see a film clean, that's better. I basically feel the same way, too, and uh, the biggest example would be The Dark Knight Rises, in which I basically stayed away from every trailer, minus that that first uh, teaser trailer, where it's just Jim Gordon in the in the bed. And uh, I was surprised, because I liked the film, and then I was surprised that the, the a lot of the people were saying, man, this film sounds like it. It's like, wow, you know what? I didn't see anything in the trailers, so I was surprised by how well it went. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that see every trailer and go away either liking it or disliking it. I, but we're, I mean, yeah, we're certainly in like a we're in a spoiler conscious t- conscious time, of course, with you know Twitter and Facebook and everyone you know, posting things about things that happen, especially on TV shows. But I mean, I avoid spoilers. I I do like trailers though. I don't I don't mind watching trailers. I don't generally feel like I'm spoiled by many films. My I don't tend to kind of. My mind doesn't connect things I saw with the trailer while I'm watching a movie in general. I don't feel like I've ever like gone thinking, "Oh man, this is going to happen now because I saw that at two minutes of that other trailer." Like it, so you know, I, I don't like knowing plots going in, but I don't, I don't mind the advertisements for the said things that I'm going to see. I guess. Mm. All right, uh, and then Izzy writes uh, thoughts on Madonna being banned from the Alamo Draft House after texting during the twelve or during a screening of Twelve Years a Slave. Good. Good. Yeah, yeah like, absolutely. I mean, they it's... they have a very serious rule: no talking or texting. You will be kicked out and banned for life. We we may not be able to keep um, celebrities out of jail for various acts of criminal activities, but as long as we can keep them out of our movie houses for texting, that's that's right. Fine. And the Alamo Draft House is a very nice theater too. You get food service. Um, all right, it's, one, it's wonderful there. And they should kick people out. Yeah, yeah they're serious about it. So you're 12 years a slave. <laughs> like, what are you texting? What are you texting? She, oh. she was live tweeting it. She, <laughs> <laughs> she was texting Laramie. She's like, dude, you're so right. I am so anti slavery now. <laughs> she would tell EG if we just got taken, lol. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag 12 year slave. Hashtag bummer. <laughs> there is a, what was it? There was a, there was a thing going on earlier, like a, has, like a hashtag war going, or like game going on earlier this week. It was like, um, third act was all a dream. And I got out of my 12 Years a Slave screening and wrote 40 Years a Slave. Third act was a dream. It, it just, ah. it, I thought it was clever. But, uh, <laughs> Retweet! Uh, okay, Jim asks, what... <laughs> I said that Jim asks. I, I don't know where that came from. Jim asks, uh, what movie franchise would you like to see brought back or rebooted? Which I thought was a good question, but I don't mm. have an answer for that right off the top of my head. So gonna... Does it have to be a franchise or it could be like a single film? I would say franchise. Mm. I don't know. What's one where you're like, I need another sequel to this? Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> um, shut up. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I, wish, I wish there was another Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, I did, Scott Pilgrim. For that, did they condense all the books into one film? They did. So. Mm. I mean, seeing more of that world, I mean, yeah. It's a good question, Jim. Seeing more of most Edgar Wright worlds, I'd probably be pleased. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Well, I, I don't want them rebooted, though, or brought back. <laughs> Shaun of the Dead 2. With Starring Jake Gyllenhaal. 
uh, I don't know. I have to get back to you, Jim. Uh, I would still see more. I would see more Bale Batmans if I could. I mean, I'm that's not a, true. Yeah, I'm not opposed to that by any stretch. Yeah, even as like an old man, Wayne. I'd see. Yeah, there, there's probably a period between like Begins and Dark Knight where there's like some villain you had to face. I'd watch that movie. Mm-hmm. Versus Clayface or something. I don't know. <laughs> the ventriloquist dude. That guy would be. Yeah, like... yeah, the ventriloquist, the puppeteer, and the ventriloquist. I'd watch yeah. that. I'd definitely see another other guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've got to get on that, according you to do, Abe. Yeah. Oh, man. That thing's awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jason asks, how do you guys feel about James Gordon uh, live-action TV show being made by Fox and not CW? A James oh. Gordon live-action TV show being made by Fox and not CW. Well, I don't watch the CW, but I do watch shows on Fox, so good. <laughs> the question is, who's James Gordon? Who's Commissioner James Gordon from the Batman oh, we were just oh. talking about? Yeah, that, they, him? yeah. He's getting a show? Yes. Okay, I think I guess I'm pro the idea, but feel it will suck. Yeah, I. It's not one where I'm like, hey, man, this is got this is gonna be good no matter what. But Jim Gordon's my favorite. Besides Batman, is my favorite character in the Batman universe. So him getting a show is like, yeah, all right, <laughs> let's see that. Let's see how that. Goes. Yeah, if they can pull it off, I'm all for it. I mean, that just that's that's a a, a crime procedural show using a universe that I really enjoy yeah. being in. So. Yeah. I guess like, he's asking because like, SCW has a lot of these like superhero properties like the Green Arrow. and Because it's WB and WB owns DC for the most yeah. part. So yeah, it is a little weird that it's like now we have a a Batman show essentially even though it has, doesn't have Batman in it on another network that's not CW. So. But I mean that just means they'll have less attractive white teenagers starring in it. So that's... <laughs> Darn! Um, let's see. How excited are you guys? This is from Izzy. How excited are you guys for True Detective and Justified in January? I love Justified. Can't wait. And uh, True Detective, this is the show with uh, Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey, crime series. That one actually looks pretty good. Uh, it's on HBO. Yeah. So. If you haven't checked out the trailer, definitely check it out. It's basically about a murder investigation that spans over like 17 years or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, McConaughey's just been killing it lately uh, with all his serious roles, which... Yeah, that dude is... Uh... Oh, McKillahay. <laughs> sure. McKillahay kills again. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, thoughts, Lermy? Uh, in general, the concept sounds all right, yeah. I've never watched Justified, so... Neither have I. It never really caught on with me. Love Justified. Love it. Can't get enough of it. <laughs> Just can't get enough. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Mike writes, uh, Will Hot Time Machine 2 be good without John Cusack? First things first, I didn't know they're making part two. And question to or answer to your question, I they recast. Don't think so. They have um, Adam Scott in there as his son. That might work. Yeah. Not uh, not what's his face? Oh wait, no, the other face is the uh, is a uh... keep naming faces. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> the guy from the Daily Show, his son was the kid from Rob Corddry's Clark Dukes. Right. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Who's still in Hot Tub Time? I mean. Okay. For one, Abe has to catch up on his movie news, apparently. But um, it's I, I don't know how much more ground we have to cover in the Hop Tub Time Machine universe, but I mean if they're making a sequel, <laughs> I, I I'm a huge fan of Adam Scott, so yeah, sure, whatever. We'll see. There might if be something left to say. Something, yeah. Something, but yeah. <laughs> They've gotta yeah. go beat up on those frat boys and the, they have to the, save uh, Chevy yeah. Chase or something. Yeah. No. <laughs> They've gotta they've gotta save uh, what's his face. <laughs> I'm done. 
Yeah, you gotta save that face. <laughs> that face, all the faces. All right, well, good because that's 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 all the feedback we have this week. Thank feedback, you, everyone. Feedback, on, feedback. Thank you, everyone, on Facebook and Twitter for you know giving us all the the answers we require for this segment. We you know glad you guys enjoy listening to the show. I'm glad you guys can participate in the show. So there you go. Yeah, thank you to all your faces. <laughs> thank you. Right. Abe, what what time what time is it now? Oh, Aaron, is it already that time for games? That is oh, the improvised theme for games. Yes. I felt like I was taken hostage on your little xylophone. On my melodies. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I've got a game here called Hanksy. No relation to Banksy or Hanksy, the other artist. Uh, essentially, this is uh, 10 questions that uh, you have to either guess the name of the character and or the film um, uh, that Tom Hanks has you know, been in. And uh, here we go. Number one. <laughs> You said it was a clever title, and it's like a title I've heard before, but go on. <laughs> the questions are cool. <laughs> and again, rules are you have to say your name to buzz in, and then you can say uh, the answer. Um, so, number one. Would you date a girl if her name was... Your name. <laughs> hey! Flash. No, I said your name, Laramie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, Laramie, you are correct. All right. What was the answer? La- uh, Splash. A splash. Okay. <laughs> like flash. Does Atomic Splash do? Uh, number two. Protect and serve is a policeman's motto, even when you have to protect a dog as a key witness. Aaron Turner and Hooch? That is correct. Aaron. Number three. Wait, so the, the Hooch was protecting Tom Hanks in that movie? Is that... <laughs> yes, the Hooch was protecting with his slobbery. Got know. it. Go on. All right, number three. When you think about it, Tom Hanks is really a 12-year-old hooking up with a super high Laramie. Edition. Laramie. Big. That is correct. And I, I do want to finish this question here. Uh, her gasp at the end is actually a huge sigh of relief that she wouldn't be arrested for statutory rape. Thank you for finishing <laughs> that question. <laughs> I like Big a lot, by the way. Big's, Big's now you movie, never see the ending again. Big's a movie where, like, if ever if it's ever on, I'll watch it. Like, why not? Like, I think, I think Big's just solid. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Uh, number four. You want to hear a joke? Knock, knock. Aaron, catch me if you can. Aaron, that is correct. Mm. Well, you guys, it's a tight race. Tied two to two. Number five. If you're ever living at an airport, you should probably make friends with the working. The terminal. That is correct. Number six. If all English teachers were as cool as Tom Hanks in this film, maybe you think twice about not quieting down during class time. Aaron. Aaron. Saving Private Ryan? That is correct. Because <laughs> he's a teacher. Uh, <laughs> English teacher. Uh. Try to throw us. Yeah. <laughs> Number seven. Still tied 3-3. This is crazy. Number seven. Don't get this Tom Hanks character confused with another character in a Quentin Tarantino heist film with Harvey Keitel. Laramie? Laramie. Road to Perdition? No. Hold on. Hmm. Okay. Let's Let me rephrase the word. No, 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 no. Hold on. Let me see. Aaron, for the sweep? God. Or I'm um, going to Say it now. Rephrase it. I lost it. Or I'll just read the question again. Uh, don't get this Tom Hanks character confused with another character in a, in a Quentin Tarantino film uh, with Harvey Keitel. Heist film with Harvey Keitel. Late, uh, can I ring again or no? Sure. I'll, uh, I'll allow it. Lady Killers? That is incorrect. Jeez, man. The answer Killing. is Mr. White in 
that thing you do. Ah, oh. okay. I couldn't think of what movie was named Mr. White in. That's what I was trying to think. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, and Harvard Cadell plays Mr. White in uh, Reservoir Dogs. So that one goes to Abe. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Still tied, though. Six or three, three. All right. Number eight. If you ever see this film, just know that Denzel Washington has one of the best sandwich eating scenes ever. Aaron, oh, um, Philadelphia. That is correct. And I'm being very honest. He has a great sandwich eating scene in the library. <laughs> what are your other favorite sandwich eating scenes, Abe? I don't know, but there's a YouTube compilation clip <laughs> of sandwich eating scenes. Yes. Putting that in show. I'm putting. I gotta go to show notes right now. Tom Hanks peas and sandwich eating in movies. I'm also gonna send you a link for the Canadian bacon scene where they shoot the guy. Do that. All right, Aaron, you got that one right. Yeah. All right. Uh, and the the final part of that question was, oh, and Hunt, and Tom Hanks is really good at interpreting operas. All right. Number nine. Are you afraid of Tom Hanks? Well, you could be after seeing him in almost every character, including a stowaway bum in this holiday classic based off the book with the same name. Uh, Aaron, the Polar Express. That is correct. Mm. He does play like the scary looking bum. He plays the kid in that. He plays everybody. He plays the kid in that? Yeah, he plays the train, too. Like, he, everything. He's in that movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Number 10. Is it incredibly close and extremely close? Or is it incredibly close and extremely far? Laramie. Can't, can't remember the name. Laramie. All right, let me get this right. <laughs> <laughs> ex- ex- extremely loud and incredibly close. That is correct. Yes, I was trying to throw you guys off there. Laramie knows. And you accuse me of liking Green Zone. You're one of the four people that like that movie. <laughs> it's a touching story about a father who dies. Come on. It is, it is very your touching. Where's your you heart? Got no, you got no heart. <laughs> Seriously. All right. And with that, that's the end of Banksy. Uh, you and, Hanksy? Or, sorry. Hanksy. You misread your own title? Of <laughs> yeah. Escape through the gift shop. Whatever the, the... Yeah. And the the winner is Aaron by one, actually. So. Oh, sure. Woof. All right. Tom nice Hanks shot. plays hero boy, father, conductor, hobo, Scrooge, and Santa Claus in the Polar Express. Mm. That is a lot. You would be afraid if you uh, paid attention. <laughs> True. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Let's do. Unless you had another game. No. Nope. Okay. Good. Game singular. Thank you. Um, out now presents what's out now. These are movies that are coming out in the Blu-ray DVD this week. Um, <laughs> I did not time this. I did not try to do this, Laramie, but Pacific Rim comes out on Blu-ray and DVD this week. I know Yay! it's one of your favorites of all time. <laughs> yes. Um, A++. Can't wait. Can't wait to see it again and again. That's, <laughs> that said, I hated the heat, so we're both even on movies that we did huh. this week. So, um, the heat made me feel like a kid again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, fitting enough, a hijacking comes out this week. This is a a smaller film that was released this year that also has to do with a a, a hijacking that occurred and by pirates again against a ship uh, based off true story. Um, I haven't seen that one. I missed that at the Newport Film Festival. I wanted to see it, but uh, I hear good things about that movie. Where did you have you seen? Uh, no. uh, I've just heard it's really good, but I've never seen it now. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, so I completely skipped over box office. Abe, you're supposed to call me on these things. Oh, yeah. Hey, Aaron, uh, you forgot box office. <laughs> um, <laughs> I knew that there was something missing. Yeah, well, each week we do go over the box office and what we you know, predicted and what actually happened. Uh, last week, Abe, do you remember what you predicted last week? Captain I, Phillips? I said Captain Phillips. I think I said uh, first place, but I, I can't remember the number. I just took 27. You said 33 first place. 33. 
Uh, Jordan said second place, 28. Scott said second place, 20. I said second place, 25, which pretty much nailed it. It uh, was second place with 26 million. Hmm. This weekend. Wow. What was in first? Gravity. Ah, great. With a very low, like only 20% drop, so it still cashed in another 44 billion. Saw that IMAX money, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Machete Kills, by the way, bombed in the fourth place of three million, three point seven million. Oh, um, three point seven million. Yeah, off a budget of like a hundred thousand, so they already made out. Yeah, twenty, but <laughs> yeah, it's not a, it's not like a disaster, but I mean, it's right. not making money. But, um, so yeah, that's all you need to know about Machete Kills. <laughs> it's box office history. Um, I will say Machete as much as I can, though. This podcast. And, uh, Aaron, what's that in your hand? Looks like a machete. Really played that one up, did you? <laughs> okay. uh, I, was you'd, I was hoping you'd chime in with, like, it's machete. <laughs> Never mind. It's that Yikes. classic chemistry that keeps us going. That's what it is. <laughs> At one point, we'll be in the same room again together. We'll be able to cash in on it even more so than we could just then. That classic machete joke that he just made. Um, what else? Uh, next week's show. Next week we're talking about Escape Plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, you know, you do Gravity, then you do Captain Phillips, and <laughs> sometimes you just really need to, you need to get... Well, yeah, you need a laugh in between, you, you know? Need a good, you need a good movie in between those, so, like, I'm glad that we're going to finally set the table straight on uh, what Schwarzenegger and Stallone are bringing to the table. Uh, but yeah, Escape Plan is our plan for next week's main review. I really want to do a 12 Years a Slave show as well, so... Well, it depends on how many theaters it opens to, and you know if Abe's going to be able to catch it or not within you know a week's time. So mm. we'll see how things go. But for now, Escape Plan is the plan. Uh, boy, any any thoughts on the box office for this one next week? Is anything else coming out uh, with Escape Plan? Everything comes out next weekend. The Fifth Estate comes out next week. Um, let's see, Carrie hits theaters next week already. Hmm. It is. It's mid October. Um, oh yeah, that too. And yeah, I mean, Twelve Years a Slave and All Is Lost hit like limited release, but uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say that uh, Escape Plan comes in like second place with like 22 million. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little high. <laughs> All right, I'm sick of my guns, man. All right, it's what do you do? I'm gonna say fifth with six million. Six million. That's a fair guess too. God, I'm gonna all jeez. I'll say because that care got that carry money will come in. Good. Um, I'll say fourth and give it like a whopping nine. Let's see how that see where that takes me. A whopping nine. I mean, the last stand at Bullet to the Head didn't exactly set the world on fire, but if those if those powers combined, maybe they'll <laughs> maybe they'll do something different. <laughs> uh... Let's see. So what else? Um, yeah, that's it. That's it, guys. That's that's it. That's all. That's all there is. Oh. That's going to do it for this week's episode about now there and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodazeek.com. You can find all my movie, written movie reviews as well as at com for my Blu-ray reviews. You can also find me at Twitter at twitter.com/slash/aaron's ps3. Abe. You find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag, you should blog more, Abe. And Laramie. Uh, twitter.com 
Laramie, L-A-R-E-M-Y. And I'm usually tweeting everything I'm doing on there, so check it out. There you go. Um, you can, of course, also find all the other episodes about Now Fair and on iTunes and at Stitcher, also at hhwlod.com. That is the podcast network that hosts our site. It has other shows like the Walking Dead TV podcast, which is going to kick right back up this week because the show starts this week, as well as the newest <laughs> the newest series, the Ichapod Cranecast, where I recap episodes of Sleepy Hollow with uh, Brandon and Maxwell, friends of this show, and on a weekly basis. You can also check us out over at outnow.podbrand.com where we post our latest reviews as well as exclusives and our uh, awesome nights sections. Uh, check us out over at youtube.com slash outnowpodcast for the latest reviews, um, about 20, 30 minutes each. I meant to point this out. Yeah, we had a new nights episode this week. It was just all about gravity kind of spoilers with uh, Jordan and Scott from last week's episode. We just kind of stuck around and kept talking about it. And uh, we also inter- we had an interview. We posted an interview bonus episode, yeah. the um, interview with the directors of Ghost Team 1. Um, which was a lot of fun. Those are fun guys to talk to. Yeah, check it out. Out now, podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to email us your thoughts on Captain Phillips or other movies coming out this season. Interact with us over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast. And twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. Follow us there. And check out what we post around uh, the internet um, at our Tumblr site, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. Cool. All right. So we've done it, guys. We've reviewed Captain Phillips. Fun was had for all with this, this pirating adventure. Thank you, Laramie, for joining us for the show today. Thank you, fellas. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it. So until next time when we ideally talk about 12 Years a Slave, but most likely talk about Escape Plan. <laughs> so long. And goodbye. <laughs> uh, listen to me we are being boarded <laughs> by armed men you know the ship they don't you got this pretty good you watch this trailer a lot apparently <laughs>